Hello and welcome to the latest Packaging Europe podcast. My name is Elizabeth Skoura. So um, Mr. Green Africa sets out to leverage business as a force for good and to have a sustainable long-term social, environmental and economic impact through the collection, conversion and selling of post-consumer waste. And Dow recently invested in Mr. Green Africa to enable further diversion of plastic waste from informal dump sites and the environment and help close the loop on plastic waste across Africa. Yeah, today in this podcast, we'll uh, find out a bit more about the project and the challenges it faces and future developments as well. And um, with me to discuss this are uh, Ajoa Coleman, who is Dow's Africa Sustainability and Advocacy Manager for Packaging and Specialty Plastics. And we also have Kieran Smith, who is um, CEO and co-founder of Mr. Green Africa. So uh, yeah, welcome both. And uh, thank you very much for, for being on the podcast today. Thank you for having us. So, um, yeah, to start off with, Kieran, I was wondering, could you tell me a bit more or give me a quick overview about Mr. Green Africa? Um, so why was it set up and um, what's its um, mission mission statement? Yeah, sure. Um, so when we started out with Mr. Green Africa, there was no conversation or global conversation about circular economy, plastic as an issue as it is today. So simply, um, it was a mix of my curiosity to see the next frontier markets, um, African markets, and my background or exposure to understanding that plastic or recyclables have value. And so with that, when I arrived in Kenya, I saw a huge opportunity around, you know, plastics lying around. And once you dig in a little bit deeper, you realize that there are already many informal communities engaged in the collection of, of waste um, or valuable waste and trying to make a livelihood out of it. And once you go even further, you realize that the supply chains in that space are very similar to um, smallholder farmer supply chain in agribusiness, you know, where, and in most cases, smallholder farmers um, always get the short end of the stick. And so same thing applied in sort of low-income communities with waste pickers in the waste supply chain. And, and that's really how the origination of Mr. Green started. Can we apply these fair trade principles that you see in agribusinesses in our waste supply chain in Kenya, you know, and that's how really the journey started. And I think the core of what Mr. Green Africa was started on is still the core today. And it's really based on the principle of inclusive, fair um, value chain transparency with pricing and uh, working conditions for the people who collect plastic waste, but also um, with a strong focus on local value addition. Um, so we believe from day one that we don't want to extract the resource and create the high value addition outside of the country of origin. We want to create the, the value addition within. And so really, this is how the journey started of Mr. Green Africa, of building, um, you know, three businesses in once. Or you could almost argue we're building an industry, right? Because mm. there was no uh, sophisticated or formal collection infrastructure. There was very limited local recycling facility or manufacturing business setups. And there was zero to none um, local use in packaging of recycled content. And so that's what we built in the last seven years. 
And it's really um, the mission of the company is to create um, value out of waste, yeah, um, while having a really strong, strong focus of inclusiveness, social impact, and environmental impact, obviously, because we extract um, waste out of the environment. Mm, yeah, that sounds, um, that sounds like a, a win-win situation, really, all over. So, um, yeah, looking forward to... Um, hearing a bit more about that um, over the course of this podcast. Um, so, um, yeah, Drew, I was wondering um, what attracted Dow to um, work together with Mr. Green Africa? Well, Elizabeth, you know, Dow has a global sustainability strategy for plastics, um, which looks different from region to region. And I, I say now even from country to country and in country from community to community, Right. Um, the solid waste management landscape is very complex. And for a, a company that sits at the beginning of the plastic value chain, so as a raw material supplier, we looked at this issue of the end of life of plastics, um, which, which was, of course, a growing concern globally, and thought, how can we create impact um, aligned to our core expertise area, but also ensuring that we have an impact on the specific issue of plastic ending up in the environment. And the first uh, goal or thought that we had around that was that we need to stop the waste. And so for Dow, one of our, um, our key goals in initiating projects around the region is to ensure that plastics that would have otherwise ended up in environment and landfill after their um, use are diverted and brought back into circular economy systems. And so we started with little pilots across the region, um, working with local partners to see how we can collect and recover the materials. And the question after bringing the material in, of course, is what are we going to do with it? And this is where our um, expertise came in around um, mechanical recycling, um, also working with brands um, to incorporate those materials into uh, their packaging. And then additionally, working with them to already consider alternative packaging that is recyclable or more sustainable uh, where uh, applicable. Additionally, we know that not all packaging streams are recyclable, right? And so, or mechanically recyclable. And so within that um, stream, we also looked at what other alternative end uses exist in region and how um, we can help to develop or support them as well. Now, I give all of this context to say that in looking across the region and identifying partners in all of our countries of interest, um, we were introduced to Mr. Green. And I think within uh, um, initial conversations, it was very clear um, that this company um, had a value system that aligned very much with our values as Dow. And additionally, um, that they had a proven model that was working. Um, because at the time when we were speaking to Mr. Green, they had uh, just closed the loop for a, a particular material with a, a brand owner and was very exciting to see a full circular system operating in region. Um, and we said to them, how can we do this uh, specifically also for flexible materials as Dow? And that's really where the journey started to um, to build this relationship of projects and then finally um, this investment, which you, you know of. 
And um, I was wondering how does this tie in with those wider sustainability um, strategy? Right. So um, I think I, I made a, a reference earlier to um, some core aspects of our strategy. So there's the two parts. Stop the waste. So everything that we do to ensure that the materials no longer end up in the environment and close the loop, which is everything we do to enable a circular economy for those materials. And so within Stop the Waste, um, the, the investment with Mr. Green will actually enable diversion of a significant amount of plastic waste from environments and landfill, roughly uh, 90,000 metric tons over the next uh, four years. And um, additionally, within the close the loop space, um, a, a fraction of that material will be converted through mechanical recycling into resins which will then uh, hopefully find their way uh, back into uh, packaging applications. And so for us, um, this is, I think, the core of uh, the partnership. But additionally, um, as Kieran had referenced in the beginning around um, the focus on social values and social metrics, um, this, this will also help to enable a significant number of indirect and direct jobs um, within the waste value chain. Mm, great. Yeah, it's so important, isn't it, to uh, close the loop and also, um, yeah, just generally improve the uh, the situation. So, uh, Kieran, you hinted at it um, already, but I was wondering to get a bit of context. What's the general situation regarding plastics recycling in Kenya and maybe also neighboring countries? Um, what infrastructure is there already in place for um, sorting and collecting? Um, yeah, so basically... I think it not even is just in Kenya or Eastern Africa or even on the continent Africa. I think the situation is very similar when you look in the entire of the global South nations. Um, and what we particularly see in these structures is um, some somewhat of waste collection, but then it's very decentralized. So the, the waste that is being collected ends up either on landfills or with littering ends up on the streets. Um, and so you have a very informal structure of waste collection or recycling um, extraction. Yeah, mm -hmm. and, and the, the stuff that is, I think we're talking of between five and at most 30% of all recyclables that actually get extracted from the informal market. Yeah, and even the informal market is completely overwhelmed with their capacity of being able to collect everything. And so you have a lot of inefficiencies in these structures and a lot of um, intransparency, exploitation, um, especially on the collection level. Yeah, um, I think that's one. And also in Kenya, you find that um, what you do have is smaller SMEs, um, manufacturing companies that are in plastic that try to extract some of that value out of these supply chains into their own products directly, which is great, which is also already a closed loop local economy. It's just the value distribution is not very fair and not very transparent. Mm. Um, and I think that's a situation that applies in many African nations, but also in other global South nations. And, and so I think that's sort of what you could see if what is already in place. And when we look at formal waste collection, it's very privatized, especially in Kenya, um, or subcontracted by the government. And even those infrastructural setups are completely overwhelmed. 
Hmm. Uh, and and so it makes actually a lot of sense to try to ease those waste collection infrastructures with recycling uh, capabilities and capacities as much as possible. And um, yeah, I was wondering how does Mr. Green Africa's um, work tie in to complement the um, the structures that are already in place? How how can we picture that? Um, well, I would say very complementary. Um, so I think what many governments or, or sub-counties, you know, especially in Kenya, it's it's very on a county level organized. And, and what many counties are, are, are pushing for now, um, working with NGOs or other collaborating partners to try to set up what we call MRFs, right? Um, where all waste streams can come in, being separated out and go into their respective recycling uh, industries and applications. And I think in that... Um, element and in this push from counties towards that is what Mr. Green can offer is the expertise on creating highest possible value out of the plastic streams and, and helping training their groups or, or workers on the MRFs on how to best separate and sort the plastic streams. And so therefore, uh, we offer a, a consistent offtake to those systems that they are trying to build. And obviously also a sort of a counseling function because we took a peer near role in this context market. Great, yeah. And um, I was wondering how um, how does the technological side of, of all of this work? Mm, uh, good question. So, you know, when we talk about differentiation of Mr. Green Africa, we have actually have two key pillars. One is technology driven, and the other one is being fair, inclusive and local. And so when we focus on the technology part that makes us unique is we have two aspects of tech. One is a software tech, digital ecosystem solution that we're creating to, in, in what we're doing to enable full traceability and activity and fairness and transparency. And at scale, what we want to do with aggregating, transporting and processing plastic tech is a, a key driver or software tech is a key driver to do that. And, um, kind of also use the data to make better decisions and, and replicate the model across other regions. So that's the software tech. But what we also do and what we call is the hardware tech of the side of the business is where we leverage off the shelf recycling technologies that you see in Europe that allow us to create that high value addition within the country, right? And so it's a big enabler also for local value addition and creating high quality that those local markets like the brand owners want to use for their packaging and creates a quality assurance, et cetera. So those are the two main tech drivers that we use and apply in our business that made actually the model very successful. Hmm. And um, do you recycle all types of um, plastics from flexible to, to rigid? So um, let's put it that way. We have an, an angle for rigid plastics that is very well included and we created closed loop applications products. So our flagship product is something we've done together with Unilever um, in, a, in a home care application where we were able to apply 100% of our locally collected recycled material back into the packaging for the local market, right? And that's what Odwa also alluded to what we've been able to create. And we've expanded that into other product categories within the Unilever um, SQs, but also other brand owners. And within the, the, the plastic space, we all know there's many fractions of plastics. And what Mr. Green Africa has started doing is creating a hierarchy 
of most recyclable plastics and least recyclable plastics. Mm -hmm. And we're currently in the middle of a journey where we're trying to valorize as many plastic types and fractions as possible. So to your questions in terms of flexibles, we've started, which is great news where we have been able to, with monolayer flexible plastic items, we've been able to mechanically recycle and find market fit for it. Um, but then obviously there's still a lot of, and a ton of work that needs to go into the multi-layer flexible packaging and more difficult, more contaminated flexible packaging. And mm. I think this also speaks to this great collaboration we have with Tao because it, it starts from design, but it also really goes back into application. Mm. Um, what product, what qualities can you turn these plastics that you collect into and what is the most suitable application that you can go into? So still a early stage of the journey to mm. really capture all types of plastics. But I think we've we're on a on a good trajectory hmm. yeah that's um it's obviously the especially the flexibles that's um that's a challenge sort of all over the world that's kind of um work in progress but definitely um moving in the right direction i think um yeah and i was wondering could you tell me a bit more about the um the different recyclers you produce in in kenya there are i mean in the rigid spectrum we have hdp PP materials, um, blow molding and injection molding applications. And so those are the, the key recyclers that we go back into blow molding, injection molding application. Um, the great thing that Mr. Green Africa has started doing is separating by type and then by color code, which enables us to go into much more diversified product applications. So those are the key. And our output product is basically a, a recycled pellet um that goes back into the local conversion industries and use it back in 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 various different home care personal care applications without food grade yet that's now sort of the next step we want to take on hmm. yeah food grade is always sort of the the biggest challenge but um yeah that'll be interesting to see how that um how that goes and um yeah actually, i was wondering um could you talk a bit more about maybe some of the um collaborations with Mr. Green Africa or any sort of, was there any brand owner collaborations or examples where maybe the recyclers was used for those products? Sure. So at the moment, we have not used any of the recyclers as DAO. Uh, we are in the process um, of testing and evaluating to see what the potential end uses could be. Uh, but that's the intention of this investment, right? To be able to, um, to scale up um, um, the amount of recyclates that uh, come out of uh, Mr. Green Africa so we can also have access um, to uh, significant volumes of the material in the near future. Um, and this is really, I think, uh, the goal as down here. Um, and in terms of brand owner collaborations, Mr. Green um, or Kieran mentioned uh, currently what they they uh, are doing in-house. But for us, we're also evaluating um, what other potential brand owner collaborations we could create uh, with Mr. Green Africa through this investment. I was wondering, um, sort of from both of you, your opinions, sort of looking back on the, on the projects so far, um, what were the key challenges that had to be overcome to um, make the project um, a success and to get where you've where you've got to today sure i mean Adwa, i can start and you can compliment well i think you know from we always say as mr green so far we have created a minimum viable industrial product yeah so 
collection, manufacturing, and and the sales uh, of the of the products back into the loop. Um, and I think the key challenges um, that to do to to get to that is validating each part, right? Um, and and collaborating through each of the part with brand owners, with DAO, uh, on multiple aspects of the business. Uh, and I think in order to really take it now to the next level is, 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 a, is a key focus on the efficiency levels of the supply chain um, at a larger scale and, and trying to make the economies of scale work in our favor, but really have such a solid replica, replica, replicable model that we can also go into other regions because, you know, it's great what we're doing in Kenya, um, but when we look at the volumes we're doing today, 3000 plus metric tons a year, it's like a little drop on a very hot stone. And, and, and the ambitions that we have is really to try to scale it to much more relevant volumes but also across the regions, because that's really where relevance and impact is coming from. And I think that obstacle to take that to the next level requires a lot of resource, a lot of collaboration, a lot of partnership to really make it work and, and, and systemic in a way that it's a model that people can start plugging into and, and contribute to, um, to make it lasting. So, so that's, I think, what success looks like for us um, and why we joined forces to try to accelerate that because time is ticking too. No, thank you for that, Karen. I think um, when I was thinking through the challenges, I, I thought of it in the same way that you just mentioned, right? Around the different stages of the project and how um, you have all of that in-house. So the best thing is that we, we get to work with one partner on um, collection um, and transforming and figuring out the end use or, and applications together. Um, I think some specific challenges for the, um, the Flexibles project, uh, first of all, was in the collection space, right? So when you're introducing a new material that previously has not been collected um, in large quantities, it's always a challenge to get people or to create the right incentive uh, for them to be able to include that within the collection stream. And so we spent a significant amount of time getting the collections right. And at some point, I think we had so, so much volume coming in of the different materials that you know, we had to pause uh, to work on the, the next phase of, of the project, which was what exactly are we bringing in, right? So that characterization phase, um, and within that characterization phase, I think we, we had assumptions around what the composition of the different flexible materials we would bring in would be. Um, and it was, it was interesting to see after the characterization, what the breakdown, the actual breakdown of the different types of collect, uh, flexibles were and which parts were mechanically recyclable and which were not. And, and Kieran uh, mentioned the level of um, specificity that Mr. Green has within their sorting systems, right? So by types, by color. Um, and I think that that knowledge really helps uh, within the valorization to understand how much of what we have and where it can go. Um, and of course, um, at this stage, we are uh, evaluating um, the resins to see what the potential application areas could be, right? And perfecting the process. So I think there are challenges within each uh, um, 
within each phase of the entire uh, process. And um, we've worked through them systematically, um, have overcome certain areas and are still working um, to make others more efficient. But um, I think that this is the beauty of a, a partnership like this, that it's, um, it's iterative um, and it's collaborative to jointly solve uh, whatever uh, comes up through the process. Yeah, I mean, collaboration is so important anyway in um, all fields pertaining to um, packaging sustainability. So, um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how it develops. And, um, yeah, that was my uh, my final questions. You, you both hinted at it already. I was wondering about um, the next steps for the project and how, you, um, how you're planning on scaling things up. Yeah, sure. Um, so as part of this investment round, we have basically three focus areas. Uh, and the, one of the key focus area, which was alluded to as well, is, is really trying to ramp up capacity and capability for the Eastern African region. Yeah, So really um, going five times as big as we are today in terms of processing capability so that we can truly replicate the model from a collection perspective as, 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 as proven. Um, and, and, you know, with that, you know, comes a lot more like emphasis on better supply chains and, and really becoming sort of a champion in all the aspects of what that we want to do um, from a business perspective and from running processes perspective, et cetera. So I think that's where uh, a key focus area for, for Mr. Green Africa. Then uh, the second part is we've also started already expanding our model to start tackle the uncollected plastic um, when you when I mentioned very early on in, in this conversation today that between five and maximum 30 percent of recyclable plastic is being collected by the informal market. So it poses a big question of what happens with the other 70 percent um, or more. And, and we've started also together with that in the past 24 months doing a lot of consumer testing on how can we include the consumer into these value chains um, and incentivize them. So basically creating a whole new supplier category for our business. And, and the prototyping that we've been doing has been very promising. And so the, the, the second focus area is really going deeper into that, putting more resources behind that to scale that and, and really see how far can we get that. Um, and the final uh, focus area is really trying to replicate some of these aspects that we've learned in Kenya and proven in Kenya into other regions on the continent, South Africa, Western Africa, and really see how can we close and, and, and close these gaps that we see in these markets contextually, right? Because the problem that we see in Kenya is not necessarily exactly the same like in South Africa, but we're very certain that some of these business cases that we've built can fit in to a South African market or a Western African market. And, and that's really what we're trying to do. So in three years from now to really show this presence at a, at a bigger scale and, and, and the model that can be further replicated um, beyond the boundaries of Africa, hopefully. I think Kieran has said it all. Um, it's definitely um, all about scale. So, you know, he's, he's worked, uh, through the uh, making the processes more efficient, um, and now uh, has the opportunity to expand it not just in Kenya but outside as well. Um, also, utilizing technology um, to help to enable other uh, collection models or alternative collection models also is really key here. And for Dow, 
um, we internally uh, have our goals, as I mentioned, around stopping the waste and additionally closing the loop. And so we're, we're looking forward to this partnership um, to enable um, um, the commitments towards our goals as well. And then long-term, um, I think that there's also the opportunity uh, for us to harness uh, those recyclates that are being uh, created by Mr. Green um, to also enhance our portfolio. Great. Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see how it all develops. And um, let's definitely stay in touch. Great. No, thank you so much for the time and the interest. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you very much, um, both of you, for, for being on the podcast today. Yeah, thank you everybody for listening as well. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast. We have uh, new podcast episodes coming out at least once every month.